All right, ladies and gentlemen, you are locked on Falcons. I'm your host, Aaron Freeman. And today I am joined by Charles McDonald for the win. He's going to be talking with us about the state of the Falcons currently, as well as how they can continue to build up their offense and defense heading into 2022. You are locked on Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, guys, you know me. I'm Aaron Freeman. been covering the Falcons for many years, formerly at FalcFans.com. RIP, still going strong on Twitter, at FalcFans. And, of course, the host of this illustrious Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. And, of course, Locked On Falcons is always your first listen each and every day on the variety of podcast platforms that it is free and available on, including Apple, Odyssey, Google, and Spotify. And, of course, now on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Falcons YouTube channel and leave a comment when you do. Today, of course, we have another illustrious guest here with Charles McDonald rejoining the show. Last time we had Charles on was before the season to give his assessment of where the Falcons are at. And now we'll ask Charles after the season to give his assessment uh, of where the Falcons uh, are at uh, coming off the heels of 2021 and going into 2022, sort of a state of the franchise sort of thing. And then we'll get Charles's thoughts on sort of how this team can build up their defense and sort of what are the preferences of Dean Pease, get into maybe some conversation about how to build a split safety, middle of the field open type of defense that seems like the Falcons at times wanted to be this year, uh, as well as, you know, ways in which this team can become much more of an explosive offense to improve on that side of the ball. But Charles, my friend, before we get into all of that, welcome back to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a weird season uh, with the Falcons. I think this is probably, I think it's probably the most I've watched in this season since like 2017. Uh, I don't know. I just kind of got reinterested again with a new head coach, new GM. Uh, same quarterback still, uh, but you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm sure we'll get into that. I'm not sure that that's necessarily a bad thing anymore. Uh, but you know, it was, it was a weird season. Somehow they ended up like right on the cusp of the playoffs, even though, uh, they weren't, uh, you know, maybe a, a, a traditionally talented playoff team. Uh, so yeah, it should be an interesting off season as they move forward and they kind of find themselves in a similar spot as last off season. So let, let's get into that. You seem to touch on it. Do you feel good about the Falcons' 2021 season? You feel like the direction of this team is, is in the right direction? Or are you, I guess for me, I'm just kind of like, I, I don't know. Like they just kind of seem to be in this kind of no man's land where I, like, I don't know if they're going to be good. I don't know if they're going to be bad or whatever the case may be. Where, where are you at with this Falcons team currently? I I mean, I don't, I don't think that they're very good. Uh, I, I think that just based on the roster, probably one of like the worst teams of the Matt Ryan era. Just when you look at uh, especially everyone who's getting playing time on the offensive line, defensive backfield is pretty weak. I mean, just defense in, in general was, uh, was pretty poor this year. So uh, I, I'm not sure how to feel about this past season because I, I think like when I evaluate them against other teams, they're probably just as bad as like teams picking at the top of the draft. Uh, but, you know, you got just enough out of Matt Ryan in the offense at times Uh to squeak out seven wins this year and have a chance at the playoffs. So, you know, I, I, I think that if they, if they attack this off season, well, that there's a chance that, uh, you know, they can kind of get back into the playoff race for real next year. But 
I do think that they have a farther way to go than maybe those seven wins would suggest uh, in terms of like being like a really competitive playoff team. Okay. So uh, with that being said, we'll get Charles's thoughts on how they can build a competitive defense talking a little bit about sort of what tendencies that Dean Pease uh, seems to want to show and we'll get into how to build that type of defense as we continue on today's Locked on Falcons podcast. But of course, it is a new year and that means people are having New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include a built Bar in your plan. Eating healthy can be hard and frankly, it can be a little boring. But built Bars make it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good. You'll want to eat it. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar and it tastes just like a candy bar, even better than a candy bar. And even if you're not necessarily a fan of working out, at least you can eat something that tastes good. Right. And that's good for you because built bars are low in sugar and calories, high in protein and fiber. So that way, why not just at any old time, whether it's for a workout, pre post workout or just any time of the day, why not enjoy a built bar? Uh, and, you know, there's so many flavors to choose from. You got coconut almond, peanut butter, brownie, eggnog, and so much more limited time flavors. Always head over to the website at built.com to check out the latest flavors. And when you do make sure you use the promo code lock 15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code lock 15 for 15% off at built.com. So, you know, if you are an Atlanta native, you know that traffic can be tough and you wind up spending a lot of money at the pump, filling up each and every day so that you can spend hours upon hours stuck in I-85 traffic. And why not try to save a little bit of money next time you go to the pump? And you now can with an app called GetUpside. When you open an account on GetUpside, you get 25 cents back per gallon every time you fill up. There's no catch. Right. And, you know, over time, that kind of savings can really start to add up to three hundred dollars a month for some people. And you can get direct cash out payments into your bank account, PayPal. I like to get them on my Amazon gift card. And now when you sign up right now for GetUpside and use the special promo code touchdown, you get a bonus 25 cents back per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents back per gallon. So don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Download the free GetUpside app on the App Store or Google Play and use the promo code touchdown when you fill up. That's GetUpside promo code touchdown to start saving every time you fill up. So, Charles, let's talk about the Falcons defense and how they move forward. Um, I'm curious to sort of get your perspective on how they should approach the sort of rebuilding that side of the ball. And I guess a lot of it kind of depends on what type of defense that the Falcons want to be. I've spoken about this before on the podcast about their tendency to play a lot of sort of cover two split safeties stuff at the start of the season. They dialed that down. Uh, after the bye week, I think in part due to how bad they were playing that style of defense. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, you just go back and watch that Tampa Bay game and just watch Gronk just killing them in that game uh, just down the middle of the field. Um, but you, you also heard Dean Pease at the end of the season in a press conference basically say the two priorities of uh, getting better on the defense side of the ball is getting more pass rush and getting better in man coverage. So maybe that's not really the goal of the Falcons. But, you know, building a good man coverage defense is not particularly hard to do. You just get a better cornerback, you bring back Isaiah Oliver, and then you get a safety that can cover some of those tight ends. So not rocket science in that regard. And obviously, you know, if you want to get a better pass rush, you got to build uh, and add some pass rushers there. But I'm curious if the team does want to be a little bit more of that split safety, middle of the field, open 
type of defense that Brandon Staley and his success in recent years has kind of ushered in and kind of taken over the league away, moving away from that Seahawks style of defense. How do you kind of build that unit? You know, is it really about building up the middle? Is it D tackle, linebacker, safety, or, or you know, what's, what's your perspective on that? Um, yeah, I, I think it's kind of both. And that, that sounds like a cop-out answer, but I think it is true. Like, because when you think about, you know, these defenses are starting to run like the split safety stuff, a lot of cover four stuff. Uh, like one of the things that made the the Rams defense so cool with Brandon Staley last year uh, when they were just kicking everybody's butt uh, for basically the entire season is like, you're kind of reliant on your safeties to be like an active part of run defense. So like if they're going to be, uh, if you're going to be a team that's like light in the box and playing light in the box with uh, just a couple defensive tackles and linebackers, like your safeties are going to need to be guys that can come in and fill. But also at the same time, like if you're going to play with the light box, you know, you're going to need <laughs> really just a, a, an ass kicker for lack of a better term, like down there on the front to kind of keep things uh, from exploding just like in the middle of the line. So, you know, I think, I think you kind of see, I, I think like Brandon Staley's kind of a good, good, uh, like thought experiment on how these defense can work because you see when he's with the Rams, you can kind of run that, like that light box stuff when you have Aaron Donald in the box <laughs> and uh, you know, and, and then you know, on the back end, they had John Johnson, the third, who's a really good safety. Uh, and then uh, next to him, they had, I want to say Jordan Fuller, who's from Ohio state uh, and also played really well as a rookie too. So I think those are kind of like the, the if you're going to like run this style of football, that's kind of the key. Like, if you got to, if you're going to stay true down the middle, you got to have you know someone on the defensive line who can kick ass, and then probably one, but lo- like likely two safeties that can really come down uh, and fit, play the run, and then you know play covers in the tight ends. And uh, you know the Falcons they got a defensive tackle um, who was you know <laughs> double teamed like beyond belief this season. I think I think I I, I, I'm, I have this correctly. It's Seth Walder of ESPN like when they put out like the little pass rush win rate charts i'm pretty sure grady jarrett was either the most or the second most double team defensive tackle in the league and uh when you don't really have anyone around you that you know i i guess you know carrying their share of the workload that can be kind of tough but i think one thing that's kind of like you know if, if you if you're trying to say optimistic about what the falcons can do uh you know the 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 rams they didn't have like great linebackers when brandon staley was there you know they pretty much had a rotating door uh, but their defensive line and their secondary talent allows them to kind of get away with some of that. So uh, I, I think in, in with the Chargers this year, you saw that it's kind of tough to run that style of defense when you don't have the guys up front to to stop the run. Like they're just getting like just pushed off the ball. You know, I mean, it's part of the reason why they lost that game uh, on Sunday night against the uh, uh, against the Raiders. So you know, I think they're going to need to really invest in that defensive line and then. Uh, if you still believe in Richie Grant, I, I kind of question his ability to play back there deep. Uh, feel more comfortable with him closer to the line of scrimmage, but uh, you're probably going to need another safety back there too. So I don't know if you feel comfortable like burning the eight overall pick on Kyle Hamilton the way that things fall, but uh, he would certainly be like a welcome addition uh, for the safety room. And then free agency wise, I'm not sure, but you're going to have to get a lot better back there. Yeah, I mean, you look at a player like Kyle Hamilton and you you see him potentially upgrading one of those safety spots. You also see him potentially, again, if if the Falcons do want to dial up their man coverage, could be more of that kind of tight end eraser because, you know, next year you got – obviously you got Gronk playing. You got to play Mark Andrews. You know, you got some good tight ends 
uh, coming through uh, next year on their schedule. Uh, so, you know, Kyle Hamilton could potentially, you know, kill two birds with one stone. Do you feel like, you know, I, I know one of the things you've expressed to me is concern about Grady Jarrett's future in Atlanta because of that and what you're talking about, needing a player like a Grady Jarrett up front, needing to get him some more help up front. Do you feel like that makes you feel more confident that Grady Jarrett is part of the team's long-term plans? Uh, um, I would hope so. It's just like the money situation is still kind of screwed up this year. Uh, because I think one one thing is it's not just that the Falcons don't have a lot of money, but they also don't have a lot of players under contract uh, right now. Like I think Spotrack has them at like 32 players, and I'm sure like the reserve future guys will help you as you move through the offseason a little bit. But you don't have a lot of money. And you have a lot of spots to fill, which is why I kind of get worried uh, with Grady Jarrett because, you know, with his deal – about to expire one year left, like that makes it really easy to move on. Uh, no, not from Grady the player, but from Grady the contract. Like it's a pretty easy thing uh, to move. Wouldn't be you know quite as cumbersome as moving Julio's contract was uh, last summer. So you know I, I think that that'll be a huge blow to the defense because I, I just don't know if they have anyone that's ready to step up and fill like one like that number of snaps, snaps, and two like that level of impact. Even though Grady did have. Uh, a down year for his standards. I still thought that he's, you know, unquestionably like one of the best players uh, on the defense. And uh, I don't think that one down year means that you should be like out on him as far as his career prospects go, because you know, all, all, all great players have a year that doesn't uh, match up to their standards. I mean, Matt Ryan's had years like that. Um, Julio Jones has probably had years like that. I mean, Calvin really had a year like that. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that you give up completely. So, I would hope they keep Grady here because I think that that can really accelerate your your timeline towards getting back to be respectable defense. But like, if they move on from Grady, you're so far away. <laughs> like, you're so far away from having a good defense. I wonder if you just like tell Dean, "Sorry, bud, but we're just going to focus on offense to try to get that as close as we can and uh, save defense for 2023 when we have you know a, an abundance of cap space that year." Yeah, and I think for anybody who who's questioning Grady's performance this year, I, I think the Week 18 game kind of tells you that he still got it because the Saints yeah. weren't really like double teaming him. They were putting him a lot one on one against Cesar Ruiz, and he was kicking Cesar Ruiz's butt uh, in that game. And so, like you know, when he's not being constantly doubled and occasionally triple teamed, like you know, he still got it. It just part of it was due to the fact that you know the change in scheme and not really having any help there um you know led to that and i know that's a big reason why a lot of folks are like you know let's get jordan davis he's going to solve that problem uh certainly you know if you want to play that style of defense i think he makes a lot of sense for you but you know i'm I'm more concerned about like him not helping you out for arguably the biggest weakness on the team which is the pass rush so like that's a that's a high premium to play for a guy who's not going to be on the field on third downs but uh you know Beggars can't be choosers at this point in time, right, Charles? Right. That's exactly right. All right. So uh, speaking of beggars, let's talk about the Falcons offense, and we'll get into that on uh, coming up on today's Locked On Falcons podcast. But before we get there, guys, I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Falcons your first listen each and every day. And, of course, I always have recommendations for your second listen of the show. And, you know, while I may not be as high on the idea of Jordan Davis being on the Falcons, I know a podcast that is very high on Jordan Davis and his performance this past year. And that is, of course, the Locked On Bulldogs podcast, where Clint and Daniel are absolutely being as petty as possibly can be, calling out everybody who doubted the Georgia Bulldogs this year as they uh, celebrate the national title 
on that podcast. So if you want to be petty uh, about the Georgia Bulldogs, go celebrate with the Locked On Bulldogs podcast. Of course, you can find on the same podcast platforms. And you can find the Locked On Falcons podcast, including on YouTube. So uh, we are now at the playoff time of year. And of course, this is my favorite time to be betting on football because, you know, you don't have weird stuff. You have good teams. You can go strength for strength when you're talking about several of these teams. And, you know, the place I always go has been pushing it all year long is, of course, betonline.ag, the number one spot for all your sports betting action, whether you're betting playoff football, regular season basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, all the way to your favorite Vegas casino games. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. I've already talked about the three-team parlay that I'm going to be putting in this weekend with teams like the Rams and the Bills, you know, as part of the three-team parlay that I'm going to be putting in. And, of course, you guys should take advantage of the offer available at BetOnline.ag using the promo code LOCKEDON when you sign up and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. That means if you deposit 200 bucks, you get $100 in free money to play with. So don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available at BetOnline where the game starts. So I know you guys are constantly looking for that edge. That's why you always pay so close attention to my betonline.ag picks. But there's also onlinegambling.com, a website dedicated to giving you that edge in your gambling, particularly this time of year. Uh, inspiring you to beat the odds in this playoff season. They're going to be providing you with the best NFL tips, news, and more uh, to make your bets as informed as ever. And online gambling has also set the challenge for me to pick my Super Bowl teams. I went into the season thinking it's going to be Rams versus Chiefs. I see no reason to come off of that despite the ups and downs of both teams. I think those ups and downs have only made those teams more resilient for a deep postseason run. So go check out more Super Bowl picks as well as betting tips by going to onlinegambling.com slash NFL and hit up their OG tips article on the website. Don't make emotional decisions with your hard-earned dollars anymore. Make informed decisions with information sourced by experts by going to onlinegambling.com slash NFL for the latest gambling news and tips. Remember, onlinegambling.com slash NFL to make the most of this year's playoffs. So we're wrapping up today's Locked on Falcons here with Charles McDonald of For the Win. Um, and let's talk about the de- uh, the Falcons offense. I'm sorry. We just finished talking about the defense uh, and sort of what they do going forward. Everybody who listens uh, to Locked on Falcons knows I'm a big believer in explosiveness. And even though teams are playing more of those split safety covers that we just spoke about with Brandon Saley designed to slow down uh, these explosive offenses, uh, you're still seeing the best offenses in the league tend to be the ones that are more explosive, that can find ways to navigate that. Um, but looking at the Falcons offenses past year, they were 29th tied with the Tennessee Titans for uh, most explosive plays, 20 plus yard plays this past season. How do you get more explosive in today's NFL, Charles, given sort of those increased usage of split safety coverage? And is Arthur Smith's strategy moving forward going to be similar to seemingly what the Titans have done under Arthur Smith, as well as Todd Downing? these last couple of years, which is, you know, if you're going to play light boxes, we're just going to pound the ball down your throat. And even though obviously Tennessee has a player like Derrick Henry, it wasn't as if their running game fell off of a cliff. Once he got hurt, they were still one of the 10 or so best rushing teams in the league with guys like Dante Foreman and, and Dontre Hilliard in the second half of the season. So how do you, how do the Falcons, you know, how do you expect the Falcons to kind of navigate that issue? 
Ooh, I mean, you could have a zero man box. I don't really trust the Falcons to <laughs> running through right now. But I, I, I think you know how how to attack like modern offenses or defenses is like definitely a pertinent question for the Falcons. But they have a lot of personnel issues like to fix before you even get talking to like how do we you know attack X, Y, and Z because you know you can have. A, a light box, but that doesn't mean that this group as it's constructed is going to be able to to run in it. So I, you know, the way that I look at the Falcons offense is uh, I think you got two keepers with Jake and Chris Lindstrom. Uh, just talent-wise, I don't know if Jake's contract makes that harder for them in the future. I don't know how they feel about that, but I think just in terms of offensive line talent, you have two keepers with Lindstrom who, uh, I, I think has become one of the better guards in the league, but you know, <laughs> it's kind of hard to to really shine out when uh, you're surrounded by Matt Hennessy and like Caleb McGarry for you know the amount of times when he decides to play bad. And just as an aside, like I was absolutely stunned to see that Hennessy was like the ninth ranked center on Pro Football Focus. Like I, to me, that's just a huge diamond on center play around the league because uh, you know I look at what he and Jalen Mayfield did this off this season. I'm like those guys both got to go. Or one of them's got to get like extremely better uh, this offseason. So you know, I, I think I don't know how you do it because, like we've already talked about, the defense needs a lot of work too. But you know, if they just decided to go this season and just say this offseason, say all right, well, we're just gonna have to kick the can on defense, or kick the road, kick the can down the road on defense for another offseason, then go after offensive line. Uh, I kind of think that that's what's gonna make this offense pop. Hopefully, hopefully you can get Calvin Ridley back onto the team for next year. Uh, no one really seems to know what's going on there. They're being pretty tight-lipped, as they probably should, uh, with, you know, a mental health uh, issue uh, there. But uh, I think if you have Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley on the roster for next year and you can figure out a way to get, like, two offensive line upgrades, uh, that will – I think that, that alone will help, like, their explosive play rate because – you know, I, I, I guess, like, when I watch the film, I know it hasn't always been, like, clean this year uh, as far as the Falcons being able to generate big plays, but I still think that there are, like, opportunities open for them that don't get a chance to really get off the ground because the blocking has been so bad. Uh, I, obviously, I think, you know, in year two with Kyle Pitts, that he had some plays that could have been even bigger this year where maybe he's not, like, quite on the same page with Matt Ryan or, you know, he does, like, some rookie thing of, well, normally when I'm in college – you know, my my quarterback's not going to come all the way back on this progression, so I, I quit on this route a little bit. But when you're playing with someone like Matt Ryan, you kind of need to make yourself available uh, throughout the whole duration of the play. So, you know, I think you know, Kyle Pitts getting his feet wet for another year. Hopefully he can get Calvin Ridley back. Uh, and then adding another receiver uh, to free agency. I don't know who that would be, but I'm sure there's someone that can come in there and just provide, like, a legitimate uh, third, like, wideout option for this team behind, you know, uh, Ridley and then whenever Pitts is split out there. So, you know, get the offensive line upgraded because uh, I don't really think it'd be hard to find someone that can play better at guard and center. Uh, and then, uh, you know, try to get another veteran receiver or, or even spend like one of your top 100 picks on receiver too. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. You know, I, I think the thing that you said about Kyle Pitts makes sense. I, that's one of the reasons why I like, I'm a little bit more optimistic about the offense, you know, because I think Kyle Pitts can make a big leap this year because there there were so many like back shoulder fades that he didn't catch this year that I feel Mm -hmm. like 
next year him and Matt Ryan will be better at those types of things. And you're talking about like, you know, there there were some times where you're watching the film and like he's just kind of quitting on routes. He's just kind of jogging. And it's like, you know, Matt Ryan's like, hey, man, like you know, like I remember there was a red zone play, I think, against the Saints this past week where like Matt Ryan wanted to throw it to Kyle Pitts and he just kind of jogged into it. I, I think maybe it was was it the two point conversion that they went to Tajay Sharp? I think yeah. initially Matt Ryan wanted to go to Kyle Pitts and Kyle Pitts was just kind of jogging into his route because I, I guess he wasn't thinking he was going to be the primary read. And like Matt Ryan's like, oh, God. And then like basically has to scramble and, and, and find Tajay Sharp at the end uh, there. But like it's yeah. those types of things where I feel like, you know, as good as Kyle Pitts was this year, like I feel like the potential for him to just be like absolutely dominant in the future. It's, it's is right really there. High. It's like I think he's even close to it. The, the play, one of the play that comes back to mind for me is uh, that that play versus the 49ers, like where he's make, almost makes that ridiculous catch along the sideline mm-hmm. after it's like bobbled in the air. Like, dude, if you just kept running on that route, you like you might be gone for like you know an 80 yard play because we know like once he gets the ball in his hands, there aren't too many people that can catch him even at that size. So, uh, I mean, and, and then you, you got to remember like this is a dude who turned 21 during the season, so. Uh, those, those things are going to happen. They're going to be slip-ups. He's still growing as a player. And I think, you know, when I watch Kyle Pitts, like you see how good he was this past season. And to me, he's someone that's just really just scratching the surface on how, how dominant he can be. So, you know, I, I think it's still fair to go back and look at the process of that pick and how you end up picking, you know, a, a, you know, a tight end hybrid guy with the fourth overall pick. But it's hard to say that they got, like, the talent evaluation wrong on that one. So, it's going to be fun to watch him grow over the next few years. Yeah. Yeah. It, we're going to basically be having the same conversation that we had last decade with Julio, where it's like, yeah. Hey, you know, can we get somebody else in here that can make some plays? <laughs> in addition, is it just going to be Kyle Bitch show? Okay. Like, you know, but I just, you know, if they can just get an offensive line, I think that that would make that offense so much better than it was this past year. Cause honestly, like I came out the season, thinking that Matt Ryan has more in the tank left than I thought that he did. Um, I I thought, personally, I, just based on the surroundings, I thought he played better this year than he did last year. Um, and, you know, I think just another year with Arthur Smith and hopefully getting that off the line better will we'll get you off the ground a little bit better on offense. But, you know, you got Kyle Pitts and hopefully Calvin Ridley again, which is not a bad situation to be in, you know, if Calvin is is here and ready to, to go all in for next season. That's the hope. You know, so, so much – life is so much easier if Calvin Ridley's back next year, right? Yeah. Like if, if he's not back next year, which, you know, a lot of people don't seem to think he is going to be, that just complicates so many things this off season. Cause it's like, okay, well now we can't just focus solely on the offensive line and, and the defensive line or, or in the safety position or whatever, uh, or the other, other priorities. It's like, Oh, I, gotta, I guess we got to go get a wide receiver. Now do we overpay for Russell Gage, you know, to bring him back just to give Matt Ryan, someone he's comfortable with because yeah. given that we know that like just giving Matt Ryan new receivers is not something that typically, you know, they don't necessarily get on the same page immediately. There's going to be some sort of grace period. And can you afford to have like a six or 10 week grace period as Matt Ryan's still trying to figure out and build that rapport with his receivers? And then the, the, at that point, do you need Kyle Pitts at that point to carry the offense and, and basically be, you know, the centaur, the unicorn that he is and, and basically do that. And how long is that sustainable? You know, so it's just, it just overly complicates so much. If Alvin really, if he comes back. Yep. Be Will Charles, 
I appreciate you uh, joining me and and shedding some light on on some of these things. Uh, You know, I don't know if I feel a whole lot better about the situation after talking with you, but, you know, I don't think you were going to fix that problem (laughs) either. So, um, you know, just got to see what happens in the offseason. Like like we said at the start of the show, I mean, I I think there's definitely a real path for this team to be a lot better than they were uh, next season, but they still got quite a few holes to plug. And I, I don't think that that seven, 10 record is indicative of where they, they actually are. So let the people know, you know, what type of stuff you're getting into on for the win and elsewhere uh, this off season. Uh, you can catch me right now for the win. Uh, you know, me and my coworker, Chris Corman, we're doing a podcast called the counter. We've started to do videos and then, uh, you know, they've, uh, if, if, or if you've, uh, if you're interested in video games, they've given me the keys to their Twitch account, which might not be a great idea for them, but it'll be a great idea for me. So, uh, you know, we'll be on there playing video games, all kinds of stuff. Probably not too much Madden, but we'll try to get into football while we're on there. Okay. I look forward to that. Just you killing time on Twitch. Just yep. Messing Cut around. Off. Yeah. <laughs> get in trouble. <laughs> So that will do it for us here, guys, on Locked on Falcons. And, of course, make sure you check out the Locked on Beds podcast where bet handicapping expert Lee Sterling is going to be giving you the daily picks, the blowout specials, and his lock of the day to help you make some money uh, this postseason on the NFL as well as moving forward for various other leagues like NBA, NHL. Lee's always giving you the lowdown on what are the, the easy money-making bets. And, of course, Locked on Bets is free and available on a variety of podcast platforms, guys. That will do it for us here this week on Locked on Falcons. Next week, we'll probably start getting into our year-end positional reviews, and we'll be talking about Matt Ryan at some point and the type of season that he had. I'm sure that will not be a controversial episode at all and there will not be people upset with my opinion on Matt Ryan's season uh, moving forward so we will get into that potentially next week as well as other topics have other guests come on like Charles and share their thoughts on the Falcons 2021 season as well as the direction of the team moving forward into this offseason so appreciate it guys hope you have a great weekend till then